Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. Hello, I'm Michelle Michael. In this special series of Ag Future, we're talking with those working along the food supply chain about the impact of COVID-19. My guest today is Terry Brebs. Terry is a crop advisor for Simplot Grower Solutions based in the Guadalupe region in California. His uh, day-to-day job is to advise growers on crop inputs and make recommendations to growers. Terry, uh, this pandemic is really testing our food supply chains around the globe. Uh, Americans are stuck at home. Lots of people around the world are stuck at home trying to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, We live in some really strange times. People are hoarding items like toilet paper. Meanwhile, There is an abundance of leafy greens. In fact, so much that where you are on the West Coast, growers are letting their crops die in the field in some cases. That is unprecedented. What does the world look like through your eyes in California right now? And how is that different than it was before this pandemic? Uh, Well, it's a scary thing. You know, we have businesses shut down. We have people having to stay home. Um, Like you said, we have growers disking crops. Um, There's just there's just no movement of produce and it's just a tough time right now. How tough is it? What does your world look like and, and how is it different? Well, it's, it's different than, um, I mean, as far as my job goes, it's different where growers are cutting back on things they, they wouldn't cut back from. Uh, they're asking us to, you know, even, don't even worry about looking at this. We're going to disc it. Um, it's just, it, it's just, it's just a tough time in agriculture. Let's talk about the future of food. In good times, normal times, the majority of lettuce and broccoli and and such, they're actually sold to restaurants and schools, not necessarily to the supermarket. So with the shutdown of those places, what's happening, Terry? Well, I mean, you know, the the lettuce and broccoli and the the stuff that goes to the restaurant, it's cut in in more than half. I mean, it's down to 30, 40 percent. And it's it's a direct outcome of the schools and restaurants and institutions being shut down. There's just nothing's going there. They're not buying anything. You know, the restaurant owners and, you know, the kids aren't in school. And, you know, the as far as the restaurants go, I mean, their businesses themselves are 20, 30 bit percent of what they used to be. So is that the case? Is Is half of it sold to restaurants, the other half sold to supermarkets? What is that breakdown? Well, I don't know what exactly the breakdown is. I mean, on the re- on the retail side, um, I don't know, but I mean, it's I mean, it's it's uh, you know, I mean, there's companies that do nothing but bag stuff that goes to restaurants and schools, and they're moving absolutely nothing. We want to talk about maybe some of the many things contributing to the situation that uh, crop producers are facing. Uh, Let's just start with the basic nature of how the coronavirus spreads from person to person through droplets from coughing and sneezing, and it's transferred on surfaces. Has the the migrant workforce been impacted by COVID-19, and, and do you envision that being something of a problem in the future? Well, you know, we've, you know, I mean, as far as migrant, our, our workers are always here, but I mean, you know, there are certain programs like the H-2A programs where they can get, you know, they can get, uh, you know, they can visit us and work here for so long. I mean, some of those people that are first time coming over, the borders are closed now for them, but we've always had, we've always had a short shortage of work right now. And, you know, and we've always had a short shortage of work here in our industry, you know, but it, I mean, just keeping those, just trying to keep the, 
you know, the worker safe, you know, and it is an issue. I mean, they're, they're doing all they can to do that. But um, as far as finding people to work, it's always been an issue. So as far as COVID-19 affecting that, not really. Now, broccoli, cauliflower, those things, most vegetables are harvested by hand. Are, are people afraid right now, um, not just of working, but afraid that produce at this time is infected? And is that further hurting growers? Well, you know, it, it, it is because there's, you know, the markets are up and there's just no demand. I mean, you know, they're, they're not shipping they're not shipping anything out and it's a perishable item. And people are afraid of it. You know, I mean, you, you, you walk into the produce department and, you know, I mean, there's 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 plenty of produce on the shelves and there's nobody in the produce department. You know, there are, you know, people touch it, people sneeze on it, people cough on it. So they're just they're not they're not taking it. And it's, it's affecting the grower dramatically. How much of an impact are we talking about, Terry? Um, how much waste do you think is happening where producers are being forced to just walk away from ripe vegetables? Oh, it's. I mean, as far, you know, the leafy greens are really taking the hit. Um, it's, you know, I mean, there, you know, there was a time here a week ago, two weeks ago, we were, we were, you know, between here and the Salinas Valley, we were disking between 120, 150 acres of lettuce a week. And what does that look like now? Um, you know, it's, it, it's starting to sustain a little bit. Um, you know, we're starting to harvest just, just for the reason that the markets are picking up and, you know, there is a little bit more movement. So we're, we're not wasting as much right now as we were a couple weeks ago. In your mind, uh, is this pandemic possibly going to mean the end for some growers? Can they maintain financially? Have you talked to any of them and, and how are they holding up? Well, you know, it, uh, it, it, it will because, you know, I mean, banks are nervous. Um, the growers are nervous. I mean, you know, I talked to a grower the other day and they had to replace a well. And the guys, the, the, the pump company that did their work wanted to be paid up front. And it's just, I mean, everybody, it's, everybody is just uncertain about what's going to happen. I mean, you know, a grower, you know, they can't stop farming. They have to put everything out there and they don't know what they're going to get out of it. Is that changing pricing? Is the pandemic driving pricing in a different direction? Well, it's dry, it, it it started it, it yeah it dropped to like I mean you know just for example you know cauliflower and broccoli they were four bucks you know and it you know it you know you have to be break even at six bucks but now it's the the price of, of everything is starting to climb you know except leafy greens I mean the cauliflower broccoli stuff like that the prices are starting to climb there's just there's just no movement you just can't move it. At the consumer level, should we be concerned at all that growers are, as they're walking away from their crops, should we worry that fresh produce soon might not be available in supermarkets? No, uh, you know, I don't think so. I mean, a grower can always overproduce, um, and which they always, which they usually do anyway. I don't think we'll, I don't, you know, I mean, there's what, you know, like we talked about, there's certain commodities that aren't <clears throat> available, you know, like other commodities because we're walking by them in the field. But as far as fresh produce, I don't think we'll have a shortage of it. The impact, is it across the board, uh, Terry, or is there a difference if you're a big grower versus if you're a smaller grower? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a difference in, you know, if you're, you know, I mean, how long are you going to hang on? I mean, you know, I mean, bigger growers, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they have more assets than smaller growers. So they can hang on longer than 
you know, a guy that just, just, uh, you know, a grower that just, you know, you know, survives on cash, you know, I mean, bigger growers have, have more assets. So the bank like will deal with them a little better. I'm sure you've uh, talked to smaller growers and larger growers during this time. What are the smaller growers saying right now? Are they afraid? Do they have fear? What is the biggest emotion that you, you get from them at this time? Well, yeah, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're all afraid, you know, just because of, you know, like I said, I mean, they can't stop. They can't stop growing. You know, they have to, they, they, it has to be business as usual as much as they can. They have to put everything out there and they just don't know what their return is going to be. And so, so everybody is a little bit nervous in that sense. Do you think Terry, that this pandemic could potentially cause corporate farming to be the way of the future if these smaller growers can't maintain financially? Well, I think it's kind of going this way and that way anyway, and it just might push it that way a little, a little faster. I mean, you know, for example, if, you know, you got a huge corporate grower that, you know, you know, especially with all the regulations in California say, you know, we need to implement this new food safety program this year, and it's going to cost us a million dollars. So, you know, a, a corporate grower, just, you know, a bigger grower just goes out and say, well, we're going to need a thousand more acres to farm to pay this, to, to pay for this. And so they'll go out and buy another thousand acres and farm or the smaller guy just can't do that. You know, on that, uh, tell us more about what you see as the, the short and the long-term implications of what's happening right now. Well, I mean, the short term is, 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 you know, we're, you know, they're really taking a hit now. I mean, you got you got packing sheds that are, you know, working at 30 percent of capacity. Um, you know, they're you know, they're 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 leaving product in the field. And, you know, in the long term, I don't think anybody knows right now. I don't think anybody, you know, everybody can speculate that, of course, this thing's going to turn around at, at some time. But it just, you, you know, when and how far are we going to take it? Yeah, so and certainly everybody's trying to find their way right now. Terry, I'm wondering if you can add any perspective behind why a farmer, why a grower can't simply harvest his or her fields and donate the produce somewhere. Why why let it go to waste? That's what's happening now. I think I sent Steve an article about Gold Coast Farms is actually donating a lot of their cauliflower to to, to some of these uh you know, like, because, uh, you know, kids can, you know, kids that can't afford, you know, lunches, you know, they can still go to certain schools and pick up lunches. And people are starting to, to do that now, too. But, you know, a lot of it is perishable, too. So, you know, they, they have a hard time with that. But there's a lot more. And, you know, plus they have to pay, they have to pay the labor. And, you know, when they donate it, they get, they get nothing for it. So, I mean, they take a loss on it. But it's happening a lot more now that a lot of these guys are, are starting to, to at least a portion of their fields that they would might not harvest right now. They're harvesting and donating to food banks and churches and such like that. Isn't it also true that uh, you can't simply donate a literal ton of food to a food bank? Food goes bad. It's not like donating a couple crates of broccoli. You're talking about truckloads of produce with nowhere to go. Is that right? Yes. I mean, there's growers that, you know, that, that, you know, I, we have a grower out here that, just about all his lettuce goes to Taco Bell, and he can't get anybody to take it. And what's happening to him? Well, he he's a pretty good-sized grower. I mean, he's pretty diversified. I mean, right now they're okay. I mean, everybody is is okay right now, but it's just, you know, they just they don't know how long they're going to be okay for. I mean, internally it could be 
it could be more than we know. But as of we know right now, everybody is okay. Terry, you deal with growers on a personal level regularly. How has your day-to-day as a crop advisor changed? Oh, it's just, you don't talk to anybody face-to-face. You don't go into anybody's office. Um, you know, <laughs> tempers are a little, are a little flared. Um, you know, people are a little bit more short with you. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you go out into the field and, I mean, it's like a ghost town. I mean, you just don't. You don't see anybody. You just, it's all business right now is all over the phone or all texting or emails. I mean, there's just no face to face business anymore. Terry, you've made pretty good friends um, in some of these growers who are suffering terribly right now. What are you thinking as you see this all unfolding uh, emotionally? How are you holding up and, and how are the growers holding up? Well, I mean, you know, everybody's trying to stay optimistic. Um, you know, I mean, you know, there's guys that, you know, I mean, it's like in our business. I mean, you can't go tell any, you know, anybody you tell right now, you're not, you know, we're not going to work with you. Well, they're not going to be your customer when this is over, you know, and and that's just what it is. It's a relationship. And, you know, I mean, I feel for them. I feel, you know, I feel for their families and they feel for us too. I mean, we're all kind of in the same boat, but it's, uh, it's just a somber feeling. It's just everybody, it's just all uncertain. Terry, you've been doing this for a really long time. How many years? Uh, this would be... Uh, Simplot nine years, but I was 16 years before that with another company. I want to know from all the experience you have, ha- have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, you know, growers face uncertainty year round, but this, right. has there ever been anything like it? Never. I've never seen anything, anything like this. This is, this is, this is new to me. Farmers, of course, they're resilient. We know that. Is this a breaking point for them? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, most of them have the attitude that it's just uh, it's just it's just a small setback. I mean, you know, I mean, farming, they have them all the time. I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a stressful world. Agriculture is. And, you know, I mean, we have we fight adversity every day. And this I think this is just uh, this is something most of us have never seen before. But we're going to get through it. And I think everybody has the same attitude. A lot of times you hear about uh, crisis driving innovation. I wonder if through this pandemic, do you see the potential for opportunities, even if it's a different way of doing business down the line? Yes. You know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk here on the coast about um, certain crops um, being harvested mechanically that aren't harvested mechanically now. Um, A lot of people are working on things like that. And I I think it's going to really speed things like that up. So something like this happens again, we're not so dependent on on field workers. Terry, as a crop advisor, what's, what's your biggest fear, your biggest concern right now? Uh, my biggest is, is customers I have going out of business. And, you know, if it goes that way to, you know, if, if these bigger farms start, <clears throat> start taking things over, you know, there's just not enough work to go around for all of us. That's, that's my biggest fear right now. Do you feel that the world will perceive agriculture in a different way after this? I mean, right now, it's it's up to growers. It's up to farmers. It's up to producers. And without them, there is no food at the supermarket. Do you think that they will be perceived differently in a more positive light, maybe? Well, I sure hope so. I mean, you know, I, I, I would like to think they would. I mean, it. Yeah, I just I don't think that the impact of it has 
has even hit yet that how much the the farmer feeds the world. And you know, I I really hope that that people will see how much we are needed and 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 you know, just the issues that we face just to just to put something in the store, put something on your plate. You talk about some of the uncertainty and some of the hardships that farmers go through. When you look at your your growers right now and, and you see what's on their face, how do you describe it? It's just uncertainty. Just it's just it's it's like I said, it's it's just a somber thing. I mean, you just you just listen to <coughs> excuse me, you just listen to you know, you know, man, you know, we're, you know, we're running 30% today, you know, and, you know, and we aren't even going to be, you know, we're going to, you know, we, we wanted to take, you know, how many pounds of spinach, you know, and, you know, we're only going to take this many because we can't sell it. And, you know, growers and, you know, a lot of it is right now because they're missing, because right now is usually a good time for the markets because it's a transition between the desert and the coast. So markets are usually good right now and they're all missing out on that. Terry, I, I hear a hint of what I would say is optimism in your voice. How are you staying so positive during this time? Well, you have to. I mean, you got to keep going. You got to keep moving on and still do the best job you can for these guys. Because, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, they pay our bills. I mean, it's I, you just you have to right now. I mean, or you're going to go crazy. I mean, when you got to go from straight from the field to home and, and have to stay there. I mean, you got to stay positive and just hope that we're going to get through this or you're going to go nuts. How do you see us coming back when we turn back on the economy? How will growers respond? Well, you know, I mean, I think it's just going to be, I think it's going to take some time. Um, you know, I don't think markets are going to boom. I think they'll, they'll be steady for a while. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think they're going to bounce back fine and it'll be just business as usual when this is over. Terry, I certainly uh, appreciate hearing the uh, the positivity and the optimism in your voice. It's a great thing to hear during these uncertain times. And uh, we really appreciate you being with us. No problem. Terry Brebs, a crop advisor for Simplot Grower Solutions. Terry, uh, stay safe and well. And uh, again, thank you very much. No problem, you too. For additional resources on COVID-19, visit alltech.com. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.